We're going to continue today our study of forgiveness, and we're going to start in Matthew chapter 18. There's quite a bit about forgiveness in Matthew 18. So let's start in verse 15. Matthew 18, 15, and I'm reading in the ESV. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you've gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. If he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Now here's what Jesus goes on to say. He's talking now about the power of your words. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. It's very easy to forget who we are and how much power we have with our words. I find this very interesting that he says if two can agree on earth about anything, which means if you are a husband and a wife or if you have a friend and you can agree that this is something that you want to happen, there's extreme power in that agreement. And I'm sorry to say it appears that Getting that agreement is a big problem in our Christian communities. We just simply cannot seem to agree enough to pray about something together to actually decide what we want. I can tell you with, with, between Naomi and I, it's important that we try to decide what it is that we want. And having that conversation often takes time. You have to actually sit and discuss Gus, what is it that we want to see happen here? You can pray one of those blanket prayers like, just make it better, Lord. But we want, if we want specifically, what is God's will in this situation? Because many relational situations are complex. And so we want to be able to listen to God and then agree and then be able to pray that prayer together, led by the Lord. That takes time and energy more than most of us or many of us want to expend. So if, if there are issues in your life right now, challenges in your life, you're looking for principles, what should we do? It's a good idea to pause, to try to find someone to listen to God with you, hear from him, what is it that he's doing? What is it that he wants to see? And then using the power that he's given you with your words, with your prayers, you pray in that specific direction. And now we're going on to verse 21. <clears throat> then Peter came up to him and said, Lord, how often will, will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy-seven times, or seventy times seven. 
And then he tells this story about forgiveness. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. That's several million dollars. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. And when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what, he had, what had taken place, they were greatly distressed. And they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant! I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers. Actually, the actual Greek is torturers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Wow, that is a, a, a tough story. But a couple of interesting points about forgiveness can be made from this story. From, this is Jesus telling it. This man owed an enormous debt, millions of dollars, and he says, I'll pay you everything. He wasn't actually telling the truth. He had, he had no resources to pay that kind of a debt. Nonetheless, the king forgave him. And then he goes out and he finds a fellow servant who owes him a much smaller amount than he owed, but a uh, hundred denarii is not a small amount. A denarii is a day's wages. So this is a little over three months' wages. I'm not sure what you consider three months' wages. That's a quarter of the year. That's a quarter of your yearly salary. That's not a small amount. It, it, we talk about it that like the man owed him $5 or something that's, that's sort of something you could do without. If someone owes you a quarter of your salary, that's enough to irritate you. But this, something happens here that the servant seizes him and begins to choke him. There's an anger that's developed here that's more than just the money. And what we started talking about last week is when people take something from us or owe us something, there's the debt that they owe us, but it seems to do something else to us. It seems to trigger in us feelings of devaluation. 
And so this person comes along and takes some money from you. Maybe it's worth three months' wages. So let's say it's $12,000, $20,000, whatever you consider three months' wages. So initially, there, is, there was a trust here, obviously, and that's why you were hoping you were going to be paid back, or you were pretty much counting on it. But as you're looking over to this person to pay you back, and you realize now that they are not going to pay you back, they keep promising it, but they don't, they don't have it, or they don't even seem to be working to get it to pay you back, you start getting angry. Because it's not so much the debt anymore, which has given you sort of a, a negative over here. It's actually decreasing your value. Every time you think about it, you think about the money, but what registers in you is that they don't respect you. And many of us have grown up in situations, in families, where we did not get a lot of respect. We were one of the kids. Parents probably loved you, they were busy, but you were just one of the kids. They provided for you, but when it came time to express your opinion, for many of us, children should be seen and not heard. They weren't really interested in understanding you. They were really interested in you and your behavior and you obeying them so as not to cause them inconvenience. So we have people who end up being people pleasers. You're used to pleasing people. And this goes to the attachment system. Attachment and authenticity often are traded. You have to attach to your parent. You have to have their love or their pleasure in you, certainly in the early years. So whatever they say, you learn at one, two, three, four, five years of age, there's certain things that you shouldn't say and certain things that it's okay to say. Specifically, it's okay to say whatever they, they want. And so you, you begin to not say the things that you really feel, and you begin to play a role. You begin to people please. You, certainly, there was, usually there's a time in your life when it was not safe not to please the adults around you. That in order to attach, in order to feel valued, because if you start feeling the anger of the parent and they dismiss you, they detach from you, that feels like death to a child. So you have to attach. You're, you're vulnerable. You need to attach. You need to bond. And so in order to do that, you may start playing a role. You may become a, the yes man or a yes woman. Everything is yes, and you just try to please. But if you're ever irritated about something, you sublimate. You don't express those feelings. What often happens then is later in life when someone, you ultimately you feel misunderstood or disrespected. It's not a conscious feeling at five years old, but ultimately you, you sense that your parents or your caregivers are not interested in you. They're only interested in their program. And that, to you, feels devaluing. But you have to attach, and so you continue to play the game. But later in life, 
when someone takes something from you and you feel this value again, this anger can come back up. It's probably been there all along, but you were not allowed to express it. Your value, you sense very acutely that your value has dropped. And so the anger at this person often is even more than it should be. It overtakes you. This, this man was, he'd just been forgiven his debt in Matthew 18, and he's choking someone else. Obviously, there's some very deep anger that he has that somehow that this money that was taken from him devalues him. The other thing that this does, it's, it, it essentially can take over your whole body and mind. In your mind, you want to get this money back because this money actually has your value tied up in it. Getting the money back is actually going to raise your value and you're walking around with a low value. People with low value tend to become angry with themselves. I'm unworthy. Depression, a lot of things like that are common with people that have value and they're looking to others to give it to them. Often they were looking for their parents to give it to them. They didn't get it from their parents. They started looking around for attention anywhere they can get it. And now people start controlling you with that attention. And you become a people pleaser. You hope harm comes to them. You hope that something bad happens to them. Your emotions, whenever you hear their name or you see their email or you see that they've been promoted or something good has happened, they have a new car, your emotions, you don't like it. That's injustice to you. So you're tied up in this. And the fact is, has an injustice been done? Yeah. Yeah, this, this injustice has been done. This man was owed three months' wages. It's, it's unjust. It's not, it's not right. It's not fair. And now we're going to look at, at what happens then when you have these negative emotions in the soul, the mind, you're thinking negative thoughts. You're, you're very, you're, you become very critical, not just of this person, but really of everybody and of yourself because this energy is taking so much from you. You're angry with them and you're thinking of ways at night how to get back at them, how to retaliate, essentially revenge or vengeance. What happens to the body with all of this, these thoughts? Probably you're not sleeping very well because you're spending most of the night thinking about what, what should have happened, what they should have done, and how to get back at them. And then when you're not sleeping well, what else happens to your body? We get sick. So God now is talking about forgiveness. And forgiveness essentially is letting this go. It's easy to talk about, very difficult to do. 